Local news, talk, sports, and the hits of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Kane 107.5. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5, AM 1240. Tony Landry along with Jeff Boggs here on our big uh, Thursday, as I mentioned, July 14th. Bastille Day for all you... uh, French-speaking uh, people. You know, Jeff, it's still celebrated pretty much over in the areas. I, I would imagine. And <laughs> Eunice and, 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 and Ville Platte oh, okay. and, and in those areas. Region, oh, okay. yeah. It's uh, it's a pretty big holiday here. It's kind of died here uh, over the years. Of course, a lot of the Spanish influence here. But uh, Bastille Day, the storming of the uh, Bastille, the prison in France, to free all the uh, political prisoners back in, I believe, 1792? It was 1789. 89, okay. I, I, and the only reason I know that, uh, I get today in history from the History Channel, and I was talking about that maybe 30 minutes ago, but 1789. Okay, uh, yeah, with the storming of the Bastille uh, in France, so releasing all the political prisoners that we mentioned, and uh, of course, uh, King Louis Sixteenth losing his head. Along with Marie Antoinette. Let me cake without her head. <laughs> yeah, that's right. She did utter those famous words. People were screaming for bread. She's feed them cake. Anyway. Anyway, uh, they fed her the gelatine. Anyway, back in. I told you I was going to look this up. We've talked about this just moments ago. Uh, bask in the glory of the first ever steal of first base in organized baseball. And I found uh, the article dealing with that. And, you know, the article starts off where we see see players stealing second and third base all the time. Every now and then we see even uh, people steal home. But you can't steal first base. And that's true since the beginning of baseball and come until July 11th, that is. Uh, the, that remained the case. However, uh, Partnership between Major League Baseball and the Independent Atlantic League expanded after the All-Star break with four new rules. Batters may steal first base on any pitch not caught in flight. The batter can uh, be thrown out if attempted if he attempts to run. Simply put, if there's a wild pitch, a pass ball with no runners on base, the batter is allowed to just go for it. He can steal first. Technically, it's scored as a fielder's choice. But the play is not limited to bloopers like uh, Lloyd Mosby uh, anymore. I'm not sure what Lloyd Mosby did. Anyway, uh, it took a little uh, a while for the first Atlantic League player to be daring enough to go for it uh, in this article. And think about it, unless there's two strikes, you never think of uh, bolting for first base on any pitch, no matter how wild. That's just how it's playing in baseball and ingrained in your mind. That's that's true. Saturday it happened. Is, is it uh, a force out like a drop third strike? Uh, not sure about that, uh, but I do know that Tony Thomas was up to bat in the sixth inning and the Southern Maryland Blue Crabs when an 0-1 pitch sailed by Lancaster Born Stormers catcher uh, Anderson De La Rosa. And after a brief moment of hesitation, uh, Thomas bolted. It, it took for a moment to click on Thomas's head that he could do it, but once he uh, saw and that uh, it hadn't even remotely crossed the catcher's mind, he made history. I have no doubt that the Blue Crabs skipper, uh, but you know that if uh, former Pirates and Mariners uh, manager Lloyd McClendon, that's where McClendon is now, uh, was running the show, he'd loved it even more. So basically with no runners on base and uh, a wild pitch, pass ball, uh, no matter what the count on the batter in that particular league, you can take off to first base, but if the catcher retrieves the ball and throws you out, uh, it's 
they say it's a fielder's choice, but it's a put out there. I guess uh, it goes uh, two to three in that regard. Uh, but interesting. Yeah, interesting, too, that uh, they name themselves the Blue Crabs. When all those Blue Crabs are coming from Louisiana, you know, they, they may enjoy their crabs, but those Blue Crabs, they should at least be the South Maryland, Louisiana Blue Crabs. Yeah, the Chesapeake Bay Crabs, Come maybe. On, uh, you're right. But interesting that uh, they initiated that rule. They said four of the rule changes. Uh, I'm not sure what those other four were in the league. Uh, but uh, allowed to steal first base. I'm sure uh, Major League Baseball is going to watch that and see how it's played out. But uh, Tony Thomas, uh, I guess a name that will go down uh, uh, in infamy, so to speak. But uh, a great trivia question, the first it, it, man it in baseball. It certainly will if, if it becomes a permanent rule in the majors. True. Then you will remember his name. That's uh, right. If not, uh, it probably goes by the wayside, but. Oh, yeah, yeah, probably so. I mean, but the, the baseball's been using the minors to experiment with different uh, plays, the pitch clock, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the shift. Uh, among oh, that's one of them. right. You know, I was listening to the Cub game yesterday, and it they, they referenced the shift and said, as if they weren't certain if the shift rule was going to change next year. All right. Like there was some doubt. In other so, words, uh, maybe baseball and, would and they uh, change have, its mind. Th- maybe they aren't certain themselves, but but they gave the impression if they use the word if you know one of the Cub players had beaten the shift, and not sure if that's going to be in effect next year. Uh, so anyway, we were talking about that earlier in the week, and we, we were, and uh, I, I just you know it was used back in the day, but uh, before World War Two, possibly. I know. That a lot of people started using against Ted Williams uh, and uh, Williams, uh, not necessarily the spray hitter, but the pull hitter. Uh, I see a lot of times with uh, the the shift on, and like you said yesterday, if I'm a good left-handed hitter, I'm going to learn how to bunt, and I'm going to learn how to how hit outside pitches and not pull the ball. Yeah, and especially if you got a right-handed pitcher. That's absolutely, you. absolutely, yeah. and he wants to try to cut that outside corner. I'm going to try to smack it, uh, slap it to uh, left field. Anyway, so Tony Thomas. And uh, let me throw another name at you, too. Uh, I like to use this. Uh, Candy Cummings. That's, that's a great name in baseball. Good stripper name, too. Uh, yeah, it is. He was the first man to throw a curveball in the major leagues. Is that right? Yeah, so remember that is name. Is that purposeful uh, or, or was it accidental? No, he, uh, he, I don't know about that. But I do know he's credited with throwing the first uh, breaking pitch curveball in, in uh, the major leagues. Excellent. Back in the 1880s, maybe. Candy Cummings. And there was you the go. name of the guy that threw the first curveball. Of course, and, it would uh, be a unique name. Yeah. Boy, talk about different, too. Anyway, uh, I, I, I was looking up some things that uh, I was curious about. Uh, you know, with the NIL uh, taking off uh, this year. Uh, and there's already a self-proclaimed king of the NIL, just one year into the new rule allowing our college athletes to profit off their name and image and likeness. Uh, after the NL, uh, NIL, I should say, went live one year ago uh, this month, Norfolk State running back Raquan Smith reached out to 100 companies hoping to strike a few deals. Anyway, and since he signed at least 69 of them uh, deals for well into uh, five figures, Per Forbes, that's uh, Forbes, I guess, magazine, uh, including with larger brands like Arby's, Boost Mobile, and Pedialyte. Uh, the big picture of this prime example of athlete-driven NIL deals that uh, let the college athletes uh, 
act as entrepreneurs. Uh, Blake Lawrence, the CEO of NIL Marketplace, Open Doors, tells the L.A. Times that more than 100,000 athletes have signed modest endorsements, deals ranging from uh, local car dealerships to national brands like uh, Buffalo Wild Wings. Most NIL compensation has come from the social media posts, but athletes are also earning money making appearances, signing merchandise, and creating their own content. Yes, but what keeps the NCAA uptight, uh, or I should say up at night, are the athletes-driven deals where boosters and boosters collective Mm -hmm. uh, groups of donors pull the NIL resources and are inducing recruits to sign with their school under the guise of the NIL. Uh, Interesting, and uh, there's a graph here showing – Who's been signing the NIL deals and all? And the majority of them are football players, right at 50%. Men's basketball comes in next with 17%. Women's basketball, 15-7. Women's volleyball, 2.3. And then softball, women's swimming, baseball, and all are a little below one, uh, 2%, I should say. And by the numbers, uh, ready for this? Athletes pocketed $917 million during year one of the NIL. Oh. In large part, good for them. And, you know, the, the grassroots NIL, uh, and you mentioned some of those things, appearances, uh, you know, uh, pitching for a local car dealership. Uh, there's no reason any of that uh, shouldn't have been happening, yeah. uh, of allowable in the first place. Uh, but you're right, these ridiculous money uh, deals that are intended for recruitment. And I know uh, there'd be no way to get this rule approved, but... Maybe if you didn't allow freshmen to get NIL deals. But, but again, it would go against the, oh, yeah. the, the same you discrimination. Know, exactly. Oh, so. absolutely. Anyway, anyway, I was just curious some more statistics they put out here. How accurate these are, I'm not sure, but uh, it's at least something to go by. The average transaction was approximately a little over $1,800. Uh, another more in another marketplace. Football transactions were higher at uh, right at about 3400 but not the highest. Female gymnasts, for example, earned over $7,000 per deal. The media uh, transaction is just $53. Evidence that a majority of the deals were, in fact, athlete-driven. Athlete and what's next? Well, they say here the NCAA recently updated its guidelines in an effort to crack down on the collectives. And more than 100 already exist, which um, with more than expected to form. So uh, just to look at the NIL deal, and uh, I know it's important. And we've seen a few athletes in our area be, uh, come enriched with that uh, as uh, two local Catholic High products playing at UL came into the NIL deal. So happy for them in that regard, and Trey Amos and Ty, Ty and Hill, so uh, Ty, T. Hill. So and I know uh, that was given to them by a local law firm. And uh, more power to them, you know. Uh, I think it's great. Uh, I think we're going to see more to come in the in the future. But then I'm, I'm still thinking in the back of my head, uh, the NCAA's got to put some kind of harness on it and uh, slow it down a little bit. And, and again, the one thing that they can control is something like the transfer portal. And that, I think, is about the only way to flow that ebb down just a little bit. Yeah, in other words, if... Uh, if you're going to move to another school because of an NIL deal, maybe you might lose a, a year of uh, eligibility, you know, bouncing around. Uh, that was the case up until a few years back. Uh, if you wanted to transfer from one division, one school to another, you had to sit out a year. Uh, Unless was, you got a waiver from the school you were leaving. That's true. 
and it was usually just the the big two driven sports uh, that was in football and basketball. The spring sports you can move, uh, you know, you can still move from a small college uh, school to NC two A school sure. to a major school without losing a, a year of eligibility back yeah, and then. And vice versa, Division one could go to Division two. That's right. Yeah. That's correct, and not lose a, yeah. a, a year of school, but. Uh, uh, you just don't see anything coming out with the uh, NC2A with regards to uh, the transfer portal uh, or NIL, how, how the deals can work. I mean, I can't see a kid just signing with a school and say, oh, we're going to get you a million dollars. But what's the value? Yeah. The, the, why would they just gonna give you a million dollars? It like, cannot be your ability to play ball. That's right. That's it right. shouldn't be because that, again, goes back to paying players. Yeah, and it is, and uh, it's just one of those things. So um, it's a lot of discussion still up, uh, no rules that I'm aware of. Of course, in this article I just uh, found that i got to see with the NCA. Maybe some updates might have some of that uh, tomorrow, some updates with the NIL deal and see if uh, the NCA has put in any, uh, I guess, restrictions to a certain degree. All right. And some, you know, we, we were talking about uh – Appeals in the LHSAA, the select right. non select yeah, issue. That, uh, yes. Uh, apparently, Eddie Bonine cleared some of that up. Uh, okay. No appeals have been heard yet. Okay. But he did address the uh, what was termed uh, the elephant in the room right now. He says, I get it. That's why I'll address it. We have 25 parishes or superintendents that represent about 75 to 80 schools that are not happy with the decision we made. They have appeals in September. We'll load up appeals on that first day, September 7th. The executive committee will make the decisions on those appeals. Remember, too, again, this select-non-select issue only involves the playoffs anyway. So if the the season has begun, the regular season has begun, it really uh, doesn't matter. Correct. But, uh, again, they'll start on September 7th. And he said, of course, that can all be changed in January, but those changes would not become effective until the following school year. And that year. January is when the principals address Exactly. It. LHSA Executive Committee approved a new definition for what constitutes a select school. All charter schools, schools and parishes with open enrollment and schools with magnet or special programs, again, moved to uh, the select side though through the uh, definition change. That neatly led to uh, a little better than 50% for select over non-select with select schools holding a slim majority. And as he asked for questions after that statement, Bonine said, we'll get through this, but this is not me or my staff trying to bring everybody back together again to eliminate the split. This is about making sure the playoffs mean something and so that schools are not drug into the postseason who should not be there as in the postseason. And I, I couldn't agree more with him on that statement. Yeah, these one and nine and two and eight schools that make it into the state playoffs, which you know technically they uh, if they qualify in the power rankings, but because there were so many teams in the non-select, uh, it just they were able to sneak in some of these lower classification schools, and uh, I think that's what's driving most of this. Uh, and I think, in essence, he's also trying to pull everything back together. He was just looking. I'm sure the uh, the powers-to-be were looking at uh, ways to pull some of these schools back into the select. And with the open enrollment, it makes a lot of sense to me because that was the big drawback uh, with regards to schools. While all this was done, they felt uh, a lot of the, the Catholic, parochial, and private schools were able to recruit outside their districts. And uh, lo and behold, they could pull kids from 20 miles away 
and form better athletic teams in the uh, public schools, which felt that they were restricted to their domain or their area of uh, zoning, uh, weren't able to get players and come to their school. And uh, they found a way, Eddie Bonine found a way to uh, bring that all about. And lo and behold, uh, you see that the uh, select now, I think, was a little over 50%. Yeah. And went from, what, uh, approximately uh, 25% of the teams up to a little over 50 and kind of balanced it out more. And probably in the long run would make a big difference, too. Yeah. By the way, those comments were made uh, following the Louisiana High School Coaches Association. And the director, Eric Held, said the convention attracted more than 1,000 coaches, 200 more than Last year, the first convention held after the pandemic, said it was a great turnout. We appreciate the coaches, the athletic administrators coming out to hear our speakers. Did a phenomenal job representing their schools. He also uh, said that the meeting that the LHS uh, Coaches Association budget, some 500000 the convention costs 85000 to host dates for the 2023 convention uh, have already been set uh, for July 18th through the 19th. Put it on your calendar. And not being said with that coaches association meeting, I think next week would be a good time to get some of the coaches on to talk a little bit about it uh, in advance of their camps starting to open up in less than a month. Yeah, I noticed a lot of, when I was coming here for this morning, I noticed a lot of activity coming down to Admiral Dahl at Catholic High School. They had a lot of cars out there, so I'm sure uh, weight programs and uh, just uh, not necessarily getting back in shape, but just staying in shape and uh, building up endurance. So there were a lot of cars out there this morning when I passed by. So uh, hopefully maybe we can get hold of uh, Coach Watney and see what uh, if he attended and found out what went on. I do know that uh, Westgate uh, head uh, football coach Ryan Antoine uh, was one of the speakers at the uh, coaches convention. Not sure what he spoke about last week, but uh, there were a lot of coaches who uh, – have good minds and uh, trying to uh, let people know what works for them and, uh, you know, without giving away trade secrets or what maybe they'll do. But uh, it's always been the Louisiana High School Athletic Association Coaches uh, Clinic. They used to play the all-star games about that time. Right, And right. Uh, that's kind of been a wash with that. But I remember going to some of those games back in the 70s and 80s during the uh, – during the fall, or I should say fall, before the fall workouts began, it was really in summer. And it was some great games. You know, a lot of kids wanted to participate in all, but kids today are already at college. Uh, they show up in June and working out already with uh, the freshmen uh, who signed back in uh, earlier in the year. So those kind of games went away, and that's why I guess some of those all-star games are being played uh, right after the season in December, we noticed. And the weather, too. Yeah, you're right. You know, it's... <laughs> You know, no one really wants to strap on the equipment in mid-July. Yeah, when it's uh, you're playing a hundred uh, degree, uh, not necessarily the weather, but uh, the rain, but uh, the the heat and humidity. Uh, boy, I can remember sitting in the stands in some of those stadiums, going to Baton Rouge, and also they played a few of them at UL back in the day. Uh, and it was uh, it was fun to watch uh, some of these athletes, and uh, some shone and others didn't. So it was a lot of fun, though. There you go. What's next? Next, uh, I just I found something else. We're sticking with uh, with uh, some type of uh, naming rights of stadiums. You know the Merce- what used to be called the Mercedes Benz Superdome, and now uh, they have a a new name attached to the Superdome. Has been for a year, but yeah, yeah it's uh, so they not talk- longer. 
maybe? Yeah, you might be right uh, in that regard. Maybe, maybe uh, the second. This may be the third year coming well, we up. We did Caesars, uh, uh, the, the Caesars betting empire coming to play in Louisiana. Uh, they, they knew it was coming. And, of course, the, the casino downtown was renamed Caesars. Or that's Caesars right. bought it from um, whatever it was prior. Anyway, but, uh, you know, this is big business, too, with regards to the uh, uh, stadiums across the country. Uh, being named, and uh, the ownership can uh, grab some of these uh, naming rights, and uh, that's money they can put into their pockets. And it just goes on to show uh, the uh, financial services of the big de- doers, and uh, they do about 25% of it. Uh, even have stadiums, they, there still are a few stadiums that have no sponsor. Very few. Yeah, and it, this article here goes into note that just 13 unsponsored stadiums remain, seven of which in the tradition-rich Major League Baseball, but I two of them temporary. Yeah, you're right. Well, here they are. Angel Stadium, Dodger Stadium, Kauffman Stadium, Yankee Stadium, Fenway Park, Nationals Park, Orioles Park at Camden Yards or the seven major league teams. What about Wrigley Field? Uh, I didn't see. I don't think they're paying the Wrigley's gum company anything. <laughs> they did. They didn't list them, and I'm trying to think. Uh, Although Wrigley did name the stadium in part to benefit from uh, that chewing gum okay. empire. All right. There's, there's no doubt about maybe, that. Maybe maybe they uh, are looking at it in that that regard. I'm not sure about I, that. I, I but they didn't list. They didn't. They didn't list them down here in the major league. Uh, Stadiums, three NFL stadiums uh, are not oh, uh, sponsored. Wanna... Lambeau and Soldier, yeah, and Paul Brown Stadium. There you go. Yeah, uh, and, uh, and you would think that would be one stadium that needs it. Yeah, you know, a small market like that. But but great that they still honor the guy who brought football to Cincinnati. That's right, Paul Brown probably brought it to Cleveland too. Oh, he did. That he did. They named the team after him. Yeah, <laughs> the Browns. That's Paul Brown. Uh, in the meantime, in the National Hockey League, there are two. Uh, the ASU Multipurpose Arena where the Coyotes will temporarily share an arena with <laughs> 5,000. NHL hockey played in a 5,000-seat yeah, arena for that, a couple of years. That's hard. There were literally – how many communities – kick the team out of the stadium or refuse, in this case, to renew the lease because they think they can have more concerts and make more money with concerts than the, the butts in the seats at That's a hockey right, game. at a hockey game. You're right. Anyway, and the, uh, also uh, the FLA, the, of course, the Florida Live Arena interim name on the BB&T deal expired. In the NBA, one only one arena has not been uh, – uh, done in the NBA, and that's Madison Square Garden. kind of speaks for itself. Go. Also in the NHL, too. Yeah. Who plays there? The Islanders no, no, or the, no, no, or the uh, Rangers. Rangers play there? Islanders um, you know, used to play on Long Island, and still technically do. They used to be way out on Long Island. Now they're in Queens uh, at that new facility by the new Belmont Park, not too far from Shea. Yeah, and what, brought, what was <laughs> City Park Stadium. Yeah, right. And what brought this about is... Uh, if a company is named on the big four sports stadiums, that a company is likely to part with the big three industries, financial services, insurance, a telecom, uh, during the news. And this was brought about by Heinz Field, home of the Steelers, is now going to be called Accuracure uh, Stadium after the Michigan-based insurance firm bought the naming rights. Uh, the team announced uh, this past Monday. And 
Kraft Heinz and the Steelers struck already a 20-year, $57 million deal when the stadium is opened in 2001. But and that, th- that was pretty normal. When I hear these stadium deals, usually it is around $3 million a year. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. But, but not uh, the new deal. That's right. And that's $2.85 million annually payment is now well below the market value. So Heinz threw in a terrible towel, and rather than re-up, AccuSure will pay them $10 million annually doing a 15-year deal. You know, I, I figured it, it was tough math, but better than 33 and a third percent of uh, more. Yeah. Just it makes you wonder. So, uh, and that's the big picture. AccuSure is the 52nd of the 98, that's 53% sponsored stadiums across the big four sports leagues whose naming rights are owned by a company of financial services, 29 of them, insurance, 12, and telecom is 11. Three other industries sponsor more than five stadiums, and that's nine automotive, food and beverage, eight, and retail, seven. The others are technology, five, energy, three, airline, three, shipping, two, healthcare, two, crypto, two, environmental, two, gaming, one. I wonder who the gaming one is. Uh, come to think of it, uh, it was right down there, about yeah, 100 I, miles I, due uh, east of us. Yes. And aerospace, one, and chemicals, one. So, uh I just thought that that was an interesting article. Uh, it didn't mention chewing gum, though. No, never did. Okay. And never did say anything about Wrigley or Chicago. I guess they attest to the uh, fact that Wrigley is this, the chewing is that spearmint and juicy fruit. And I, I've never heard that the, whatever company owns those brand, and I don't know if it's still Wrigley or if it's some other candy company that owns the Wrigley brand, but I've never heard of any deal that um, the Ricketts are getting. Yeah, and the Ricketts uh, bought the Cubs how long ago? Uh, um, before they started winning, that's for sure. It was but, around 2011. Okay, so about uh, 10, 11, 12 years ago, uh, the Ricketts yeah. family uh, purchased. Thank, thank goodness they haven't named it like TD Ameritrade because yeah. that's where they made their money. That's right. And that was what uh, the new ballpark in Omaha for the World Series was originally called, but apparently they dropped those naming rights. That, that's correct. And uh, But anyway, with uh, Wrigley, uh, you know, he was the one that initially put together the Women's All-American Baseball League yes, back in the uh, yes. 40s uh, that we've seen that movie, I'm sure, many times. A great movie, too. It really was. Uh, with Gina Davis, Madonna, and that group, Rosie O'Donnell, and that crowd. So a good movie, too. And uh Good to see it. And then, of course, at the end of the movie, they show him playing a reunion game back mm-hmm. around 90, late 80s. And a lot the of those movie gals. movie came out in 92. Yeah, a lot of those gals played in the league back in, I guess, 40s. I think it was disbanded sometime, uh, oh, in the early 50s, 52, 53, somewhere in there. So they played together about 10, 11 years in that regard. One of them was in the news recently. She had just turned 95, May. Uh, oh, really? Yes. She's still with us. Yes. Wow. Unbelievable. Uh, but as time goes on. Anyway, uh, we need to take a break. Uh, we need, you're listening to uh, Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 1075 and AM 1240. We'll be back with more right after this. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with LA Classic Roofing. We're a third generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at LA Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. LA Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. 
Hey guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. The Quarter Tavern is the premier spot for live music. Be there this Thursday for Southern Jack Productions. Remember, never a cover at the Quarter Tavern. 19 TVs has you covered for sports. No bar with more outdoor seating. Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main across from McDonald's. The best drink prices in DeBerry. Domestic beer now just $2. Imports $3 all day, every day, other than during bands and special benefits. And don't forget, Quarter Tavern now serving fresh fruit, margaritas, and daiquiris. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, uh, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. Uh, Jeff, I'm just uh, looking again, just scrolling through stories. That, uh, uh, I noticed this one, you know, we were talking about NIL, and uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes ha- has a new sponsor. I don't know if you saw that uh, or not. You know, NFL players uh, shunned away from, uh, I guess, doing any kind of uh, sponsoring of tobacco and alcohol and things of that nature. But uh, Patrick Mahomes uh, found a, a way around the system here. On Wednesday, the Kansas City Chiefs quarterback took to Twitter to share an advertisement for Coors Light. However, the product in question wasn't an adult beverage. Rather, the four-time Pro Bowl, the two-time Pro Bowl, and Super Bowl MVP was promoting Coors Light, a flashlight that feels cold as the Rocky Mountains, <laughs> according to league rules. NFL players can't endorse directly alcoholic beverages. While it's quite common for retired players and coaches to pitch their favorite beer, Mahomes had to get creative and to partner up with Coors Light, uh, cue an entertaining spot for a quality flashlight. All proceeds for the $15 flashlight, which where list is out of stock on the CoorsLight.com website. Within four hours of Mahomes going uh, live with the ad, will benefit the quarterback and 15 of uh, Mahomes' uh, foundation, which aims to improve the lives of children. So uh, in addition to the NFL's hard stance, players not directly endorsing beer, there's also only one official beer and hand uh, seltzer, hard seltzer, excuse me, uh, sponsored for the entire league, and that's Bud Light, which might help explain why the fellow quarterback, uh, Taylor Henneke of the Washington Commanders, was unsuccessful in his attempts to secure a partnership with Heineken Heineken last fall. Well, he should go with Meineke. That's right. Coach Mendes tried to pitch last year. Anyway, in addition to the Coors Light, Mahomes has a long list of endorsements uh, ranging from Hunt's Yeah, they do have a non-alcoholic Heineken. Yeah, sure they do. You would think. I've tried it. It's not bad either. Is it it skunky? Because I noticed Heineken has that kind of skunky flavor to it, but Heineken Light 
not as much. Right. Yeah. I, so I, I was just curious. Anyway, that, I, it was it was a nice tasting beer. One of my uh, physicians uh, suggested I try that, uh, and I did. And it's all right. But I went back to my regular uh, uh, beer, uh, beer, I should say, uh, the alcoholic beverage of choice. Anyway, uh, I just found that an interesting article uh, on that in that regard. Uh, I know there was some hockey news too. Uh, with, uh, I wonder, with that. did his State Farm uh, gig go south? A uh, good question. I think I think they mentioned uh, he's got other gigs. Uh, they didn't go into detail which ones they were and all, but uh, you know he's been pretty successful in uh, shampoo. Yeah, just uh, everything he's done, you know, uh, in that regard. So anyway, uh, I found also another article here that of interest uh, to fans locally. Ex-governor ordered. Uh, 1.1 million welfare payment to Brent Favre defended uh, alleges. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you saw that article. And, and this is an ongoing situation where Brett Favre uh, maybe um, accepted dollars he shouldn't have accepted at, at one point. Yeah, the article goes on to say here, the defendant in the Mississippi welfare fraud case said in a court document she directed $1.1 million in welfare money to former NFL star Brent Favre at the direction of former Governor Phil Bryant, Mississippi news outlets report that the accusation, which Bryant denies in a f- filing on behalf of the defendant Nancy New, who, with her son, once ran a nonprofit group and an education company in Mississippi, after pleading guilty in April to two criminal charges, uh, drew, uh, or I should say, New, 69, her son, uh, 39, agreed to testify against others in what the state ordered to call Mississippi's largest public corruption case in two decades, her court filing in the civil case filed by the Mississippi Department of Human Services uh, against uh, Mississippi Community Education Center, Inc., once run by the new family. In the 29-page document, uh, her attorney says she was acting in the direction of the MDHS officials in awarding various contracts and allocation of funds. Interesting, Jeff. Uh, so uh, I know this is an ongoing case. I did see this. Oh, it had to be a few months ago when it initially the story broke, I do believe. And uh, I don't know where it is now, but uh, Brent Favre, uh, uh, you wonder if he's in hot water. Or no, not. no, no. He um, apparently has cleared his name in this. Uh, he's not facing any criminal charges. He did repay the $1.1 million he received, saying, he didn't know the money came from welfare funds. He also denied being paid for events that he didn't attend. And I thought that was uh, some of the more contentious stuff that he was paid for things that he did not show up to do. But uh, apparently uh, his name's pretty much out of it, other than the fact that the governor had paid Favre. Yeah. Uh-oh. And uh, thank goodness he has the money to pay it back, if you know what I mean. Like... Uh, uh, most well, people, he's saving on rent because he's living in the Sirius <laughs> XM house. <laughs> That's true, <laughs> but it's you know, rent's bubble time. Oh, that it is. That it is. So uh, anyway, just uh, just news in that regard. Uh, just how things uh, change, you know. Uh, just uh, any other uh, little tidbits uh, before maybe uh, looking at uh, maybe another break. Waiting for our PGA professional. Hopefully, he'll arrive in here this morning. And give us a little update. Uh, of course, the Open, the British Open, uh, now being played over in uh, in Scotland at the uh, Royal St Andrews, uh, 150th anniversary of the tournament 
Um, we'll have uh, hopefully a little bit, maybe our next segment about that, uh, Jeff. Uh, just looking for other little tidbits. Oh, a couple of all. baseball notes. Uh, manager right. has been fired, despite the fact that if the playoffs were big to begin today, and of course they wouldn't begin today because if the season for some reason came to an end, it's probably uh-huh. because World War Three broke out and yeah. they probably would dispense with the playoffs anyway. But that being said, uh, the Blue Jays are in playoff contention, and uh, they fired their manager, Charlie Montoya, yesterday, named bench coach John Schneider as their interim manager. Athletics' Ken Rosenthal first reported the news. The Blue Jays are fourth in the American League East at 46-42, and 42, 15 and a half games in back of the Yankees. Still uh, comes as a surprise with the team in possession of the third AL wildcard spot. Four teams in that division are playoff eligible right now or and, and not be. only that the last place team has uh, had as of yesterday had a 500 record so well they the won teams. last night let me well, tell you that well, smacked me in the face they the the orioles uh, scored early and scored late with a seven to one victory uh, the cubs were wonderful the third through the seventh innings they were on fire with that one run but uh unfortunately um the the uh, outside innings. Well, it's uh, not as bad as seeing a 6 nothing lead dissipate uh, from a seventh inning on. That's all I got to say. 8-7 to seven score I saw. Yeah, 7-6, yeah. 7-6, okay. And they scored two in the seventh, three in the eighth, and two again Ouch. in the ninth. Yeah, those uh, kind of losses do hurt. But uh, the Blue Jays, though, did win yesterday. Um, they beat the Red Sox. They were The Red Sox were the only AL East team to lose yesterday. Really? Uh, and again... You had two AL East teams facing each other, so you figure one was going to lose. Uh, Yankees uh, came from behind. Uh, in fact, uh, injury issue possibly there. Their starting pitcher, Severino, gave up four runs uh, early in that game. In fact, I turned it on, and it was already 4 nothing uh, in the second inning, and then in the top of the third, no, bottom of the third, Yankees put up five runs. The That current murderer's row batted nine in. The third inning took a 5-4 lead. Uh, eventually, Cincinnati retook a 6-5 lead, but a uh, home run uh, by Stanton in the eighth inning tied it up. Yankees win in the tenth inning. And I saw another uh, interesting game. Not interesting so much, but whenever I see Joe Dirt lose, Josh Hader, uh-huh. for the Milwaukee Milky Brewers, yeah. he came in uh, in the ninth inning, bottom of the ninth inning in Minneapolis in a day game. Hader... Um, Gave up a three-run homer. Came in with the bases empty, uh, starting the bottom of the ninth inning. Didn't look sharp at all, and uh, gave up a three-run homer to uh, uh, Montero, I believe his name was. And uh, I just love watching Josh Hader have to walk off in shame. Yeah, he's uh, he's not one of my favorite players either. But and it, of course, a nemesis for both of our oh, teams. Oh yes, very much so. But speaking of uh, Toronto. I didn't know if you caught this. The Kansas City were all players. Uh, uh, they went up. There were a few of the players. Uh, 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 Merrifield among them, uh, 10 unvaccinated Kansas City yes, all players. Yes. And, 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 you know, and, and I'm glad you mentioned that. I had forgotten it. I think I had tagged a story in relation to it. That's got to be some advantage for the Blue Jays uh, when all these unvaccinated players don't cross the border. That's right. The vaccination requirement for border crossing in Canada will affect uh, 10 players and uh, some some pretty fine players for the Kansas City Royals in their first base. I think it was at the end of the day, it's of course, it's 
It's Canada's Choice, of Ross President of Operations, Dayton Morris, told reporters Wednesday, and uh, it was the they decide what to do, and it's been that way. So, But the players who are unvaccinated don't make the trip to Toronto and are placed on the restrictive lift and uh, forfeit service time and salary for the four games missed. And uh, it, like they said, uh, Mike Matheny, the former Cardinal manager, is now the uh, head skipper with the Raw, said that the organization has done a good job bringing in professionals and experts to talk to guys through their conversations and put it in their hands to make decisions they believe is best for themselves and families. Prior to Kansas City, most the most players a team had missed in Toronto was four and 25 uh, total players had hit the uh, restricted list doing to be unvaccinated. Uh, so uh, interesting uh, in that regard. So, I mean, some of the Raw's better players uh, are going to miss that series up in Toronto. And uh, the uh, like you said, uh, the Blue Jays, they're going to take advantage of it. Now, I'm sure all their players have their shots and all, whether they wanted to take them or not. Uh, that's a rule up in Canada. And if you venture up there, you know, you wonder what would have taken place if Montreal would still be in Canada mm-hmm. in, that, in the National League, too, instead of uh, moving to Washington to become the... Uh, the uh, almost a pit stop in San Juan. Yeah. Almost. <laughs> yeah, not not that's quite. Right. <laughs> that's right. But interesting in that regard. Despite uh, that, it was a close game, if I remember. No, it was five. No, no, no. Kansas City was still in Detroit yesterday, so they're heading there this weekend. Okay. Yeah, that's just across. Uh, not uh, not a far a journey. I've been to Toronto. Uh, it's not far from Detroit, uh, but just uh, just changes in uh, that. Uh, and uh, for one player, uh, Ben Attendi, uh, ben, ben uh, the Kansas City player, said, it's just a personal decision for me, and I'm going to leave it at that. Melendez, a rookie, batted Lee off the past two days. Is Merrifield, who, uh, whose iron streak came to an end at 553 games, hadn't missed a game in 553 games. Mm. And now he's going to miss and his streak. He's going to miss. Is he the current games. Iron Man? Uh, right now, that's right. His Iron Man game streak came to an end because of a toe injury. Sat out. Dozier has oh, regularly man. served as a Rawls cleanup hitter. The only vaccinated outfield on the Rawls active roster is Edward Olivares. And uh, Kansas City will summon and reinforce him from his AAA, AA affiliates to fill up the big league roster. I'm sure they'll be excited, especially some of those guys in the AA. So uh, now it, it represents opportunity so for some younger players. So in the meantime, uh, Blake's uh, interim manager, of course, John Snyder, is the new interim manager, I guess. Uh, they beat up Philadelphia yesterday, 8-2. Right. Right. And uh, a little surprising, rules are rules. We live by them. The rest of the league lives by them. Definitely not a series you're going to take lightly going into the break. You kind of see who they have, and you game plan accordingly and hopefully build off the two-game series sweep of the Phillies. So, uh, anyway, baseball, always interesting. Uh, times, they are changing. Uh, no doubt about it. Ten till uh, you want to? Yeah, we'll go break? ahead and take a break, and uh, you listen to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio FM one hundred seven five and AM twelve forty. We'll be back with more right after this. At Arsenal Ford, we're making it even easier with our Ford Mobile Service Van. For your convenience, we have a mobile service solution for you. You provide the vehicle, and I'll handle the rest. Ford Mobile Service. We make it easy at Arsenal Ford. 
The Quarter Tavern is the premier spot for live music. Be there this Thursday for Southern Jack Productions. Remember, never a cover at the Quarter Tavern. 19 TVs has you covered for sports. No bar with more outdoor seating. Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main across from McDonald's. The best drink prices in DeBerry. Domestic beer now just $2. Imports $3 all day, every day, other than during bands and special benefits. And don't forget, Quarter Tavern now serving fresh fruit, margaritas, and daiquiris. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. Hi, this is Boxcar Badgerow, inviting you to join me and PGA Golf professional Teddy Slyman for Chip Shots. Mondays from 5 to 6 p.m., we'll take an in-depth look at the local, state, and national golf scenes. And we invite you to chip in with your calls at 367-1240. Chip Shots is sponsored by the Coca-Cola Bottling Company, GolfBalls.com, and our local golf clubs, Eagle Ridge, Kangaroo, and Sugar Oaks. So let's make it tea time for 5 p.m. on Mondays for Chip Shots on Kane. Dream us live on Kane1240.com and catch the podcast the next day. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 107.5. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240 uh, with Bayou Sports. And uh, Jeff, uh, we're hitting on a few things at NIL, stadium naming rights, uh, so... The first official, Tony Thomas, to steal first base in uh, in uh, professional baseball. Uh, a couple other items here, uh, you know, we'll talk about. We talked about the select, non-select uh, coming to uh, and seeing what's happened with Mr. Bonin uh, with regards to uh, they settling some of that. But, again, it only comes into play. The districts are set up. The teams are going to play through their district records and all and their, their set-up games. And of course, Kane will be announcing uh, many of those games later this fall. But also um, – In fact, we, we nef- definitely need to get our broadcast schedule. Yes. Always subject to change. Sure. But, uh, we do like to release that soon, and it, it, it's halfway through July already. Man. I know. Amazing. Bastille Day, uh, July the 14th. Anyway, uh, with regards to that, uh, teams can still – don't let this confuse you with regards to select, non-select. Teams have put in appeals. They had to by, what, uh, maybe June 21st, something like that, or have them in for July 1st. And the, uh, the – I guess the committee has a chance to review their appeals and uh, why they're appealing. And I think they're, uh, you mentioned. September 7th is when they're going to begin the Ruby. hearings. Okay. and there were, I, I don't know if it's a summer thing with the schools uh, and the LHSA staff because uh, maybe not a lot of activity in the summer. It seems to me now would be the time to do it. Because you may have more important things to do once the season begins. You're right. And also, uh, you know, there's still a lot of shifting around. Kids want to go to this school, that school. And they look at all those uh, particular, uh, I guess, applications in that regard. But uh, I think you mentioned maybe 75 uh, schools had filed appeals. Yeah, I I believe that that was that accurate. I I don't know if that was the exact number, but it was in that neighborhood. All right. And, uh, of course, uh, we know that right up the road from 25 parishes. You know, you got 64 of them in the state. And you've got a few schools. uh, They're the dominant team, not only in the parish, but the only school. I think Manny High School is one of those uh, 
those schools in Sabine Parish. It's the only high school that plays football in the parish. And, I don't uh, think they have an argument. No. Not the way I see it. Yeah, but, you know, they were one of the driving forces to create this uh, exactly. select, select uh, Which is why I think they have no <laughs> argument in this. And Union Parish is another parish uh, where Farmerville is. They only have one high school in that parish. And I know they mentioned one other parish in the state that only had one particular football team. And I'm wondering maybe if that's Oak Grove somewhere. I don't know if that's in East or West Carroll Parish up in North Louisiana. So uh, uh, anyway, uh, we'll see what transpires in the next few weeks. But uh, with that, uh, with the non-select, select, all it comes into play is with the playoffs. It has nothing to do with the regular season. Teams have their own district slate set up and ready to go because of enrollment, and uh, that's uh, what we'll see. So in the meantime, uh, I was hoping maybe our PGA professional would pull in hopefully in the next few minutes, and we could talk a little about, bit about the Open over in uh, Sour one cat already pulled up. Just, yeah. just in rows he has did. withdrawn. He did. I did see that. Uh, he did pull out uh, in, in that regard. So uh, He's not a 54 player, is he? Uh, I don't think so. Because then I think a lot of them would have said good riddance, but yeah. uh, I don't know if that is the case. Well, with a, with a six-hour difference in time, of course, they teed it up uh, right now in Mario, England. Uh, it's about, uh, how's my math, uh, right at about uh, maybe one fifty-five. so pushing 2 o'clock. Maybe our uh, in fact, uh, boxcar reminded us uh, the leaderboard should be active right now. It is, and I'm looking at it right now. Uh, Cameron Young has a uh, three shot lead. Uh, he's already through today, <laughs> so you know how early he started. He's eight under uh, in that tournament, so it's a par seventy two at St Andrews, uh, and he he finished at uh, eight under. Also, Cameron Smith is at five under. Uh, Ernie Els, the the older Oster uh, Ernie Els is through thirteen. He's also five under. Rory McIlroy's through twelve. He's five under. Barclay Brown's uh, finished. He's four under. Along with uh, uh, Kit Kit uh, Yama, he's four under. Uh, Lee Westwood uh, is through sixteen. He's four under. Uh, Min Woo Lee is finished. He's three under. Ian Poulter is at three under. He's finished. Along with uh, Jahui Kim. Uh, three under Bryson DeChambeau's finished. He's three under, and uh, uh, I guess that's Kyung Hoon Lee is finished. He's three under and stepping into the microphone. To I, I don't know if we can let him talk golf today, especially the Open Championship. He's wearing short pants. That's because I'm going golfing. As well. There you go. We have our pro am this morning, so I'm gonna skip out on work and go hit a few few balls and kind of. Imagine I was in Scotland right now. <laughs> All right. Well, have you seen the leaderboard well, the yet? The weather's I, about I, the same. I, uh, you get up at 2 in the morning? I drank, I was, while I was eating breakfast, I, I turned it on and saw a little bit of it. Uh, I think a uh, guy shot 8 under, Cameron Young, and uh, another guy, Cameron Smith, 5 under, Rory's 5 under. It's, it's uh, well, I, I got to need my glasses. Okay. But uh, it's, it's, uh, it's just like they predicted, you know, the course is playing fast. And uh, easier because the wind's down, so uh, it, it's going to be a very interesting open. And it's one of my favorite tournaments to watch because I don't know, I just love getting up in the morning, have a whole breakfast, and sit in front of the TV and, and watch 
you know, chaos. It's really going to be chaos if the wind starts blowing. You know, in Wimbledon, they talk about strawberries and cream. Uh, the golfers have anything in particular that uh, the crumpets and uh, tea? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure. Haggis. <laughs> yeah, haggis. Oh, my. I tried that. The, the traditional open championship haggis. Yeah, yeah. That's uh that's their version of a booty, I think. Right. <laughs> it's not good. I tried it. Anyway, no, with, the, with the course playing, uh, you know, fast like this, mm-hmm. and, and uh, I want to say Cameron Young shooting uh, eight under in the first his first round, and I'm sure they like most tournaments. They'll reverse it tomorrow. The people who shot who play, started in the morning or they actually the don't. They actually they don't. don't okay. know. It's. Uh, I thought it's, I saw set times for today and tomorrow. Yeah, and, All, it, and the pairing set today and tomorrow precisely it's uh and, and it's part of the mystique of the open because it's a draw they draw it just draw at random uh and you can get the bad side of the draw or the good side of the draw but it's not like in the united states with the pga tour where if you play one morning you'll play the next afternoon and vice versa do, do they do that in part for weather and heat and those kind of things does sort of balance it out i couldn't answer that definitely jeff but but i kind of got to think a feeling that is tradition it's the way they've done it for 150 years and it's going to be the way they do it you know and 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 a lot of times you get the bad side of the draw and 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 you're doomed i can remember one tournament at muirfield years ago tiger woods got the bad side of the draw and shot an 80 and and ended up finishing second or third in that tournament if he wouldn't have gotten that bad side of the draw if the weather wouldn't have had had been bad when, when he was playing he, he would have probably won the tournament, but that's... Once is is it year to year what the bad side is, depending on weather? No. Well, it's depending on the weather. And the you weather know, changes I mean, pretty frequent up oh there. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I can remember playing that golf... I played that golf course three times, and I can remember the, on the loop, which is the hole that the par four goes across and the par three goes across the par four fairway, number seven, and me and my friends hit our balls up on the green and it's on a hill you see it's a little hill because you're hitting over a fairway and the ball is up there and as we're walking up on the par three the wind starts blowing and it blew our balls off the green Really? you know i mean it's like the wind really started blowing you know you're out on the far end of 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 the links there it's just an amazing place and 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 the people the fans they, they respect and honor golf Unlike any anybody in America does, no no one from America, in, unless you go over there and, and try to experience it and do experience it, you can't appreciate the way these people look to golf. It's 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 just it's they say it's a spiritual experience when you walk on St Andrews, and and I and I believe that you know, but uh, they they just reverence the game so much that it's it's uh, it's beyond golf. Well, let me ask you this: uh, talk about hole seventeen. Uh, the that, road hole. They say the road hole. That's right. They say that's the toughest hole in golf. But do you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. And and one of the interesting things is that the one with like the twelve foot bunker. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. And, and you hit over the over the hotel to get to the fairway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that's unheard of nowadays with lawsuits and things. Plus the uh, the uh, tee box is actually out of bounds, and so it's on it's on property across the road. Okay, so you're hitting over the hotel, and, and no matter you know even people might you still have to hit over the hotel if you play to the left like like uh zach johnson one of the uh the former champions over there said number 17 it's a tough par five yeah <laughs> even though it's a par four <laughs> but then you hit over the hotel and then 
if you got, I, I can remember hitting a forearm into that green, and it's so small and long, and that little pothole bunker just sitting there, and there's 12 feet of green between that bunker and the road, which is out of bounds. It's just the most difficult thing to do. I mean, you never, you never really feel comfortable on any shot on that hole. And a lot of, a lot of turnips and one and loss on that hole. Yes. I seem to remember, if I'm on the right hole, Peyton Stewart having trouble getting out of it, uh, maybe eight, seven, eight shots. Oh, God, yeah. And it was a joy to watch. <laughs> for, for a hacker like me, uh, it yeah, was really. really, you know. Pl- plenty of players have hit in that bunker and it's destroyed their, their tournament. Yeah. Not, not just that round, but their tournament. Because you can make seven, eight, nines. Good players, be- best players in the world well, have made on that hole. Well, I pulled up a name, uh, and I pulled up that hole to learn a little bit more about it since I've never played it uh, like you have or even been there. But Tommy Nakajima uh, had a tough time about 40 years ago, yeah. and uh, it cost him the tournament in that, that particular hole. And uh, there were others, too, that ran into trouble in that hole. And the article talked about uh, Nakajima, uh, and also uh, Nick Price talked about it, uh, in, in the, he, who won the British Open in 94. And he says it's like walking through a minefield yeah. to play that <laughs> hole, man. <laughs> That's yeah. amazing, that kind of comment. But uh, it just uh, in other players, David Graham, uh, just others talked about that uh, that particular hole just being uh, just something to see. And uh, I've seen some pictures of it here that I pulled up, and uh, I always thought it was a brick hole, but it's not. It's a grassy knoll kind of a hole. Or the, the, the the green. What do you mean? Yeah, the the, the bunker itself. No, it's 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 got that padding, you know, the side where they they have layers of of uh, of, of yeah, uh, that's what I thought it was that 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 keep it in place. But uh, it's just a simple pothole bunker, you know, no bigger than this counter here. But uh, don't get in it because it's almost impossible to get out. And, you know, yeah, I mean, here's, here's a picture of it right there. Uh, someone chipping out. Yeah, of you it see right the there. siding. They, they they it's layers of grass that help. You know, it's like bulkheading. Yeah, yeah. And, and then I saw grass. another picture, and I, I I saw that, and I thought more of uh, like sandbags, but maybe it was kind of like way that. It was yeah, cut. yeah. But it's the grass, you know, okay. that they they put they build up, and whoo, it's just tough to get out of. But uh, man, what an awesome place, you know. I mean, uh, and, and when you when you you think of uh, guys like Tiger Woods and Jack Nicholas, how much they honor and respect that the, this place. You know, you know, there's a lot to it. You know, I mean, it's just uh, it's incredible, and and you, you have to learn to play the golf course because once again, it, it's uh, it's golf in a different way that we play it here in the United States. You know, here in the United States, you you're playing the golf golf in the air. You you're flying over bunkers. You're flying over over water you're trying to carry everything because our, our golf courses are normally soft and plush over there they they this is another story i need to tell y'all but over there you have to learn to play golf on the ground because like they said you can have a 30 foot putt a 30 yard putt you know a 100 foot putt is nothing unusual there the grass is all the same greens tees and fairways it's the same grass it's cut the same is that right it's just cut a different length like they say in the greens right now are slower than the fairways they're running slower, really? which is really crazy. When I went there in 2004, my friend that came with me, he's presently in New Orleans. He's, a, he's, he's not a golf course superintendent, but he's, he's kind of like above that. He supplies turf drainage for golf courses, and uh, he's big into the uh, maintenance side of the golf. So he arranged to where we could have supper one night with the superintendent at St. Andrews. And the astounding thing, I, I can remember that, he was talking about draining the golf course. My buddy Denny was. And the superintendent said, Denny, we don't have an irrigation system here. 
we don't rely on, on, on oh. artificial water. We rely on natural water. If it yeah. rains, fine. If it doesn't, fine. Really? Isn't that crazy? I mean, every golf course in the United States has a drainage. I mean, has a, a irrigation That's system. Right. Not at St. Andrews. Now they might now. I think they do now, but back then in 2004 they didn't. Yeah, just uh, quickly, uh, Cameron Young is uh, eight shots. He's f- through for the day along with Cameron Smith, yeah. the two Camerons. Ernie Els is uh, <laughs> five under after 14. You know, they predicted that this is a uh, tournament because it's playing fast for the older players like Tom Watson did a few years back and and, and some of the older shorter hitters like Nick Faldo or or Zach Johnson that this course would favor them. And and sure enough, Ernie Els has popped up on on the leaderboard. That's right. He's in second place, tied for second right now with Cameron Smith at uh, five under. Of course, he still has four holes left to play, including the road hole. Yeah. So uh, let's you take hope, a five uh, and get out of there. Uh, let's that hope hole. he can dodge that bullet uh, in that regard. So, uh, but interesting uh, with your hindsight uh, dealing with uh, and playing the uh, there at St. Andrews. So, uh, and the 150th anniversary. It, it's incredible. 30th time they have it at St. Andrews in those 150 years. And you know, it's it's the home and birthplace of golf, and all these players reverence the place. So you gotta you gotta take that into consideration. You know, I mean, it's a quirky golf course. It, you know, I just I saw a couple of drives where one guy missed the bunker. I think it was Morikawa, and the other one hit it. Victor Hovland, and it, and their drives were maybe a yard apart. One of them is going to make a bogey or worse, and the other one may make a birdie or better. You know, it's just that final line. Where the bounce or the or the shot is off that much, it, it's going to affect the rest of the hole. Is there a specific rotation of the courses for the Open? There is a rota, what they call the rotation. Uh, I'm not sure exactly. There's five courses in Scotland that host the the British Open, and four in England. Okay. And then uh, they recently added one in Ireland. I think two or three years ago. So, uh, but yes, there is a rotation. I'm not sure it goes in, in the exact order that you would think. But uh, they, they, do, they do have courses that are on what they call the rota. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, the, once you get familiar with them, it, it's, uh, you know, you get, you get better, more acclimated to playing that type but, but of golf. Most, most of the courses are, have a similar attitude as far as uh, being links courses? Or? Oh, yeah, absolutely. All of them are, are pretty much the same. And that's why some of these players go over there and play in the Scottish Open, which is traditionally the week before the, the British Open. And just to get acclimated to the time change, but to get to acclimated to the type of links course that you're playing, because all those courses are the same. You know, people think of a, of a links course as one that goes out and comes in, like links of a sausage, you know, that goes out and comes back in. And, and that's true, but there's more to it than that. It's the fact that there, there, there are no trees, basically. There's, there's gorse and heather on the sides of the fairways. And, and the, the golf courses aren't, they aren't built with machinery. They're just laid out there. They just cut the grass and that's where the green is. And, and, or they'll scoop out some grass and that's where a bunker is. It's, it's not like they built this. It just happened. It's Mother Nature that made this happen. And, and the greens have changed. The greens, if you've heard, are, are humongous. They all, most of them, 14 of them, double greens. So uh, they, they're just like as big as a parking lot here in Boone Plaza. You can have a green that, that's holds two holes, you know. And uh, they also said, uh, uh, and I thought this was interesting, that originally the course was set backwards where you drove from number one tee box to number 17 green and played it backwards. So, in other words, the holes, like I said, they just cut out. 
There's no front or back or side to the greens. It's just a green cut out shorter than the grass. So a heck like myself could hit a lot of the greens in regulation, oh, man, huh? Yeah. One guy hit all 18 greens uh, I heard oh, him wow. say on TV, which is uh, unique in itself. But like you said, some of them, they're not an acre, huh? <laughs> man, uh, well, they could be. You really? Know? They could be, yeah. I mean, like, at parking lots, an acre, I would think, you know. Yeah, and, 208 and, by 208 is an yeah, acre. That, that's pretty easily for some of those oh, greens. Wow. Anyway. That's amazing. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, uh, thanks right. for your expertise. No, and, uh, and, and you know, I uh, mean, maybe this, is a, this is a big event, you know, not sure. just in golf, but in, in sports in general. Like, they were saying how, how long it's been since, that, you know, how, well, well, the, the Super Bowl, 1967, started, right? Correct. And, and they went through all Wilmington and, and all the big events in the world, and this is one of them that's been going on, you know, for, for a long, long time. And I don't know if it's one, two, or three, but it's, it's way up there as far as longevity. So, yeah, it's an important event worldwide, and uh, I, I'm anxious to watch it for sure. Yeah, and Nicholas played, uh, of course, he took the infamous shot of himself on the little bridge. On uh, well, Everybody does. Yeah, well, that was, I think, his last round at St. Andrews back in the day, yeah. competitive uh, golf. Or- Orny did that. He did it. And I was amazed that he took a picture with Tiger on that uh, s- ceremonial round they had on Monday, and God, Tiger Woods is a head taller than Jack Nicholas, and I always thought Big Jack back in the day he was a big guy, but he's, he must be shrinking. Yeah, he, <laughs> Tiger's he's in his eighties, you know. He's in his eighties yeah, now, so uh, Tiger Woods is probably a good six one or two. Yeah, so you know uh, he's tall and slender. It just it was amazing Jack would be that little up against oh, wow. Tiger. Oh wow! <laughs> anyway, anyway, uh, All appreciate right, thanks, it. Guys, uh, yeah, have a good appreciate morning. It. All right, you're welcome. Yeah, so uh, we're going to take our uh, break here right now. We are listening to uh, Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back with Today in Sports History right after this. Hey, guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Kane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. At Arsino Ford, we're making it even easier with our Ford Mobile Service Van. For your convenience, we have a mobile service solution for you. You provide the vehicle, and I'll handle the rest. Ford Mobile Service. We make it easy at Arsino Ford. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Louisiana. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the LHSAA and the Louisiana High School Athletic Directors Association. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. 
Welcome back to Bayou Sports. Uh, today in sports history, July 14th, of course, we talked about Bastille Day where the French Revolution begins by storming of the Bastille. In 1934, the New York Times erroneously declares Babe Ruth's 700 home run record to stand, for, to stand all time. Uh, at the time, uh, second on that list of all-time home run hitters was Lou Gehrig at only 348. Maybe they had a reason. 46, uh, Cleveland's Lou Boudreaux, four doubles and a homer, but the Red Sox win. Ted Williams has three homers and eight RBIs in the game. In 1951, the first color telecast of a sporting event, event that's the CBS horse race. Don't know if it maybe was this race, but in the last race in 48, triple crown winner, Citation wins the Hollywood Seems Cup. Seems a little late, though, for yeah. a triple crown race. Yeah, four lengths. So, anyway, 1956, uh, Boston Red Sox pitcher and New Orleans native Mel Parnell, no hits the White Sox, 4-0 at Fenway Park. Uh, elsewhere in 1970. Got, got to meet him at Zephyr Yeah, Mel Field. Parnell. Yeah, good guy. Yeah, he would hang around the ballparks there in the 90s. Um, I don't think he's with us anymore. But no, he passed away, I want to say, in 2012, maybe. Mm, there you go. But a long uh, longevity uh, with his lifetime. Elsewhere in 1970, the 41st All-Star Baseball game at Riverfront Stadium. Uh, you can remember that one. Uh, AL wins at 5-4, but that's the infamous when Pete Rose took out mm. Ray Fossey uh, to win the game for the NL, Fossey never was the same player again after that broken shoulder. They had just opened the stadium, too. That's, I believe you're right, too. I mean, literally. They moved from weeks. Crosley Field. That's I mean, right. They, I think they, they had to hurry up, too, to finish that stadium. They, they did a little march uh, from Crosley to River. Again, my dad was from Cincinnati, so I, I, I was forced to watch a lot of Cincinnati <laughs> baseball back in the 70s. If I wanted to go to a Cub game, the Reds better be in town. I hear that you. kind of a situation. I hear you. Anyway, in 1972, played umpire and the catcher in the game of brothers, Bill Holler as the umpire, Tom Holler, the Detroit catcher. Uh, Kansas City Grawls win the game, though, one nothing. 1974, Billy Martin, the first AL manager, be ejected by an umpire for two games in one day. So I'm sure it was a doubleheader. Over in 87, a Rookie of the Year award is named in honor of Jackie Robinson. Uh, couldn't be more uh, favorable for that award. In 2010, in the 18th ESPY Awards, Drew Brees wins the Athlete of the Year award off his Super Bowl 44 Saints championship. Birthdays today. 32, 1932, Rosie Greer is born, actor, uh, minister, former professional football player from Penn State, born in Coburth, Georgia, and uh, he was part of the uh, that Ram-dominant uh, defensive front uh, back in the day. In 1934, Lee Elder, speaking of golf, uh, American golfer, first African-American to play in the U.S. Uh, Masters, four-time PGA Tour winner, born in Dallas, Texas, of course, uh, and uh, Lee Elder just passed away last year, too. Uh, lived a long life. 1948, Ken Burrow. How many Saint fans remember him? Uh, goes to trade him to the Oilers, becomes a pro bowler. And not only a pro bowler, but an all-pro player. Uh, he was born in 48 uh, in Jacksonville, Florida. In 67, Robin Ventura, born on this date, uh, the former White Sox. Played uh, uh, was born in Santa Maria, California. Who can forget uh, he and Nolan Ryan and that uh, <laughs> that rhubarb on the pitcher's mound, which Nolan Ryan had him in a headlock. I think Robin Yount also holds the uh, NCAA record for consecutive hits uh, in games. I think it's, it's 57, 58 games. Anyway, I'm going to look that one up too. 1988, Conor McGregor, Irish mixed uh, martial artist, born on this date. Uh, featherweight, lightweight, born in Dublin, Ireland. 
And the quote, we'll go back to Billy Martin. Billy Martin's quote, one's a born liar and the other's convicted. Of course, he was talking about his player, Reggie Jackson, and his owner, George Steinbrenner. As old Reggie, uh, I mean, uh, old Billy Martin always had a, a quote for something. I'm sure I can find others for him, too. Anyway, Jeff, that's uh, today in sports history, July the 14th. There you go. Big thanks to our sponsor. Did, I, I, I forgot, did... 500th home run for Hank Aaron. I yeah, 1968. Uh, 68, 500 homers for Hammer and Hank. Of course, he finished up. You mentioned the Babe Ruth thing. I should have slid that in. And if if Babe Ruth would have hit a home run for little Hank Aaron back when he was in his hospital bed when yeah. he promised, uh, maybe Hank Aaron would have not have been as motivated. W- was that Garrett Morris who was yes. playing little Hank yes. Aaron then? <laughs> Great Saturday Night Live. All right, right. you're correct. There you go. Lee K and the Breakfast Club coming up after news. Uh, but again, Vice Sports brought to you in part by Arsenal Ford, LA Classic Roofing, the Quarter Tavern. And by the way, uh, speaking of the Quarter Tavern, Shadell's mom, Gladys Landry, celebrating a birthday today along with Don Traha. And again, uh, happy birthday, Gladys Landry. Uh, again, associated with the Quarter Tavern, uh, Shadell's mom. Cane Row Golf and Turf Club and Schwing Insurance. Uh, again, big thanks to uh, those folks sponsoring Bayou Sports. News is up next. You're listening to KANE 1240 AM and K298CQ 107.5 FM, New Iberia. The voice of the Tash. <laughs> 